If you got your Bible, open it up to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm only going to give you one passage of scripture today. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm only going to give you one passage of scripture. It will take me probably two hours to get through it. Just kidding. Everybody looked up. <laughs> Cracker barrel. No, it won't take me that long. You know, it won't. I believe that the Lord, uh, he'll, he'll get us through it. But I feel like the Lord's got some things he wants to show us today. We've been in a series called Healing is Here. We've been talking about healing. Uh, and this is going to kind of tag on to that. But today it's called Faith is a Verb. I'm going to look at the action part of faith. Now, we know if you were in grammar school that faith typically would be called a noun. That's typically what you would call faith. Uh, that's the correct English way. But I submit to you that faith requires action. Faith requires us to move. If, if, if your faith won't move you, it certainly won't move God. If your faith won't move you, it'll never move a mountain. And most of us, or all of us, we have mountains in our life that we want to move. But if your faith won't move you, it won't move a mountain. If your faith won't move you, it won't move God. So we want to look at faith that is active, faith that is moving or that is alive. Because if I were to ask most of you, or if, you know, there's billions of Christians on our planet right now, and they would all profess to have faith. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. Yeah, but I'm going to show you in just one chapter that faith is not just something that you have. Faith is alive and faith, it moves. And God wants us to use our faith. Jesus actually said that he's given to every person a measure of faith. In other words, every one of you, God has deposited within you the moment you were born again, a measure of faith. And we all know that there's faith, hope, and love, right? And the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And, and God's given us this measure of faith, but it can grow. How many of y'all think it can grow? You can work that faith out. How many of y'all, I was thinking yesterday about how convenient it would be to not have to go to the gym and get abs. <sighs> Wouldn't that be the best thing ever? Boy, if you could just go, if you could just, just, uh, just attach abs to you somehow. Now, I know I had, I used to have one of those uh, suits that whenever you put it on, it made you look real muscly. You know, but whenever you squished it, it was squishy, right? It, it wasn't abs. How many of y'all know if you want abs, there's only one way to get them? Now, they can almost implant them, but how many of y'all know that's really not abs? They'll put you some plastic in there, or they can, how many of y'all seen they can airbrush them on? <laughs> they can spray them on for you if you wanted to. How many of y'all know they're going to wash off? The only way for you to really get muscle is to develop muscle. The only way for you to get it is you have to build it. And how many of y'all know that sometimes that's harder, that's easier said than done? And Jesus, he, he, he spent three and a half years teaching people. We often forget that about Jesus. We forget that that's the majority of Jesus's ministry was not healing people. 
The majority of Jesus' ministry is he taught them. There's a famous passage of scripture where he feeds the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. How many of y'all remember that, that, that? And we all like that, right? We think that's a, that's a great passage of scripture. What a miracle. He takes those loaves and fishes and feeds way more than 5,000. That was just the men, you know. So you could easily say there was 20, 25, 30,000 people if you counted the kids. But what we don't often see is that those people had been following Jesus for three days listening to his what teaching for three days now if I don't get you out of here in an hour or so man but can you imagine following an individual for three days and it was then that his disciples said Lord we got to send these people away they're they're hungry They've been following you for three days listening to your teaching. We got to send them away. And Jesus, he didn't want to send them away. Why? Because he knows the teaching is the key to the kingdom. The healing's really not the key to the kingdom. It's the teaching that's the key to the kingdom. So he said, what you got? He said, well, I mean, all we got is a couple of loaves, a couple of fishes. He said, put them in groups of 50 and sit them down. And he set them down and he fed them. I'll submit this to you. He didn't feed them till after three days of teaching. We don't like that, right? We want the fish sandwich now, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, give me the fish sandwich on the front end, Jesus. But he knows. He says, you need more than a fish sandwich. Because a fish sandwich only lasts you an hour and a half, right? You'll be hungry in an hour and a half. But he says, I have food that you know not of. I have drink that you know not of. Come unto me and drink and out of your belly flow rivers living water you'll never thirst again if you if you partake of me so so much and 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 much of what he was teaching on is he taught on the subject of faith and again I submit to you faith is not just believing faith is action so I want to show you just one passage of scripture that's all I'm going to show you today Hebrews chapter 11 so if you got it they're going to put it up on the screen behind me if you don't have it and I want to show you the action part of faith this morning let's go to lord in prayer before we do that How many, are y'all cold this morning anybody cold in here no y'all good all the men said no and all the ladies said yes i could use it up one degree christian i could use i'm starting to put my hands in my own pockets your nose is cold Let's pray together before we go any further. Thank you, Father God, for the entrance of your word, giving light and understanding. Jesus, if you spent three and a half years teaching, hour after hour, day after day, God, we know that there's so much for us to learn. There's so much for us. God, that you're not waiting on, uh, 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 we're not waiting on you. You're waiting on us. You're waiting on us to get a revelation, to draw close to you so that you can draw close to us and you can show us the keys of the kingdom. God, I pray for heaven to open as your word is taught. I pray for these people and myself that we have ears to hear, eyes to see what you're doing. God, not just so for us so that we can get, get spiritually uh, uh, strong, but God, so that we can go out and help other people, help them know you better. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. So if you've got your worship guide, I've given you a bunch of different people's names there. And there's a blank beside their names. And I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to ask you to write a couple of things beside those people's names. Because we're going to look at the faith of all these individuals. And you're going to see that their faith wasn't just something that they had. It's something that they did. Their faith was an act. It was an action. And I'll just tell you to serve Jesus and to follow him. It takes faith. 
It takes faith, but it takes believing, but man, it takes so much more. For us to, to, to leave our home and come down here and, and, and start this church, it wasn't just a belief. I'm telling you, there was hand to the plow. And for you, whether you're raising kids or starting a business, many of you start a small business or something like that. How many of y'all know it takes more than just a dream? Come on, it takes more than a dream. It takes... Sometimes you got to bow up and get it, right? It, take, it takes effort. It takes labor. And, and putting your hand to the plow and not turning back. Jesus said, if any person looks back, he's not worthy of me. Really, really strange passage of scripture. But he says, he, says, he says, you need to be going forward. You need to be in pursuit. And don't be looking back to Egypt and what you could be doing or whatever. Just full steam ahead. Put your hand to the plow. And he says, everywhere your foot goes, I'll cause you to prosper. You'll possess the land. But you got to keep moving. You got to keep going forward. So Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to start in verse number one. I'm reading at a new living this morning. And it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. I don't know if you have a Bible or whatever. I, I, I highlighted, underlined that in mine. You can earn a good reputation, but we should, you should, your faith should, should, should be the, the determining factor of your reputation. I don't know about you, but I've been to a lot of funerals and that people can say a lot of things about you. But, but man, there's something about people that were strong in faith, that believed in God, believed in people, that you can have a good reputation by your faith. And it says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Everybody say command. I want you to write that in that blank right there, God's command. In other words, God didn't step out into the vastness of the universe and think about something. No, he stepped out in the vastness of the universe and he said something. He didn't step out in the universe and, and see, say what he saw. He, say what he, he said what he wanted to see. I mean, a lot of times we just say what we, what we see. What would happen if God would walk out there and said, man, it's dark out here. What a mess. How did things get like this? No, God stepped out into, the Bible says that the earth was void and without form and gross darkness covered the face of the deep. Chaos. But God didn't step out and say chaos. No, the very first example of faith we have here is the faith of God. God stepped out and said, light. Come on, say it. Be. Be. And it was, and it was good. God commanded things to change. So he had faith, obviously, that things would change. But that faith was more than just a belief. He stepped out and he said, light be. In other words, he said, today, things are going to be different. Yesterday may have been one way, but today is the day of salvation. Today, something's happening. Today, I'm making a choice. Not to just sit here, but I'm, I am changing. And the Bible says that that's the way that the world was created. So creation takes thought, right? It takes planning. It doesn't just happen by accident. There was no, uh, you know, the, the big bang. How many of y'all know we're not big bang people? No, God created God created, and the way that he created is he called it the way that he wanted it. Let's keep reading. It says that God, the, earth, the universe was formed, created at God's command, that now what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. 
Next person. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering. So in your blank, you could just put Abel gave or he brought an offering. Very interesting. The next person here that, God, that God's using as an example of our faith, he says, Abel brought an acceptable, a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. How I many of y'all know it takes faith to give? Can I get an amen? amen? It takes faith to, be, to give. It takes faith. It takes faith you, because the, how many of y'all know you get these voices? How many of ever hear these voices? I do. I hear these voices, right? Whenever it comes to giving, you start hearing these voices. You say, yeah, but if you do this, if you do, you can't do this. You won't be able to take care of this. You won't be able to take that. You hear these voices. But it, so it takes faith, though, to, to give. And here he's talking about that, that, that if you know the story of Cain and Abel, how many of y'all know the story of Cain and Abel? That, that the two brothers, right? And, and Abel brought a more acceptable offering. What was, what, was, what was so much better about his offering than Cain's offering? And why did Cain get so mad that he, would, that he would kill his brother? The reason he killed his brother is because God liked or favored or honored his offering more than his brother. So Cain got mad and he killed Abel. Well, what was it about that offering that was so much better? Well, we know if you read in Genesis, the Bible says that Abel brought his first fruits to God and Cain brought his leftovers to God, basically. And because he brought his first fruits, because Abel brought first fruits to the Lord, it says, it tells you right here that that was an acceptable offering to God. Y'all getting quiet? Is this y'all's favorite part of the message? I'm just reading here. Don't get mad at me. Don't kill the messenger, right? I'm just reading here. I didn't say his offering was more acceptable, but it says here that, that, that Abel's offering was more acceptable to God. It goes on. It says Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. And although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by the example of his what? his faith long after he's dead his giving still speaks I don't know about you but I'm believing long after I'm dead that my giving will still speak even compassion something like that given to given to that that those kids that they'll long outlive to me now they'll long outlive me that my giving will outlive me that the investment in the next generation, in the next generation, in the next generation, the investment of this church that, that'll be here generation and then the next generation until Jesus tarries, that my giving will long outlive me. I mean, I know it takes faith. Come on, it takes faith. It takes faith to give, to, to, to give and to bring that acceptable offering to the Lord. All right, I'll move on. It says... Uh, he still speaks by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So Enoch pleased God. It takes faith to live a life that's pleasing of God. I mean, I know faith's not just a belief, though. It's an action. I mean, I know there's action required if you're going to please God. 
The Bible says that you got to leave some things behind. You have to cast off some restraint. You've got to come out from among them. There's, there's a separation that occurs. And it can take faith. It takes faith sometimes to tell your parents that, hey, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to Bible college. We're going to start Bible college up here at this church uh, in about a month. We'll be starting an accredited Bible college where you can get your degree. Some of you, the Lord's going to call you to do that. And it'll take faith to do it. It'll take faith to do it. There'll be a time commitment, a financial commitment. It'll take faith for you to do that. But Enoch, he just chose. He says, I want to live a life. I don't want to just say I have faith. I want to be pleasing to God. And he, got, he was apparently so pleasing to God. There's only two people in Scripture that didn't die, and he was one of them. That he just spent, I just liken it, he spent so much time in God's presence that God just finally said, just step on over. Just step on over. You're with me anyway, baby. I mean, you're always in my right. You wake up and you get in my presence and you go to bed in my presence. You live in my presence more than the earth's presence. So just step over. And he was pleasing to God. So God took him. I got to pick it up. It says, Enoch, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe. Number one, that he exists. And number two, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Everybody say sincerely. I'll just submit to you, God doesn't reward everybody. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, the convenient Jesus, right, just rewards everybody, right? He just goes and just, blessing. It doesn't do that. It says, number one, it says you can't please God if you don't have faith. And faith is an act. Faith moves. And you have to believe, number one, that, that God exists. What's fascinating to me is he doesn't say that you have to believe that God exists and that he's all-powerful. You have to believe that God exists and he's all-knowing. You have to believe that God exists and that he's all-present. He can be everywhere. No, he says, I want you to know that I exist and I want you to believe that I reward. Come on, I mean, I don't think he's a good dad. I mean, I think he's a good shepherd. I mean, I think he's a good father. He says, he says, if you want to be pleasing to me, you have to know that I exist and then you can't doubt my goodness. And if you'll sincerely seek me, he says, he says, I'll reward you. There's a reward for me. God wants to work with us. I put a thing on Facebook yesterday that just said, God's not a genie. He's a parent. I mean, I know he's not a genie. He's not a genie. It would be nice. I, we, me and my, I mean, I remember the original Aladdin with Robin Williams, the good one. It was on TV last week, you know. My, my kids are watching the original Aladdin, you know, and the genie pops out. I mean, I know God's not a genie. He's a parent. He wants to work with you. He wants to come alongside you. He wants to guide you, shepherd you, and he will reward you if you diligently seek him. It is by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. In your blank there, I just want you to write Noah saved his family. Come on, how many of you know we use our faith for a lot of things? Lord, I need faith. God, I gotta pay my bills. I gotta pay my cell phone. They gonna cut it off, Lord. They gonna cut it off, Jesus. How many of you know here, we're getting instructions on, on other ways for us to use our faith to please God. But here it says, Noah built a boat to save his family from the flood. How many of y'all know boats don't get built by accident? You ain't going to build no boat by accident. 
And if you're gonna, and, and it, but, but as a parent, as a dad, as a husband, as a mom, as a wife, it says here that, that, that faith was used to build a vessel to save Noah's whole family. And while Noah's out there building that boat, you got Japheth and Shem and Ham, their kids and all the grandkids watching Grandpa Noah or Daddy Noah out there building. What are you building? What are you building, Noah? What are you building, Papa? What are you building? I'm building a boat. What's the boat for? It's going to save our family. How many of y'all know that what we do, what we do as patriarchs or as people in our family, what we build, we should be using our faith to build something that saves our family. Come on, y'all know we're not just trying to build a retirement or build an inheritance or leave them a 401 or leave them a boat or your collection of pocket watches. No, uh, what you're building, what you're wanting to leave them is something that will save their whole family. I mean, I know it takes, it takes faith to be a parent. Can I get an amen? amen? It takes faith to be a parent. And there's going to be times you're going to push that boat out to sea and you're going to find out, man, there's holes in this thing. <laughs> Drag it back out, right? We've got to patch some holes. I'm not doing this right. Get out some more tar. Get out some more pitch. Push it out there again. Listen, I can tell you, I've, I've, uh, in what we've, what, what we've endeavored to build with my kids, there's been plenty of holes in it. Right? There's been plenty of times where I thought, man, I'm not, I don't know if I'm doing a very good job at this. But it takes faith. It takes faith to build something that can save your family. But our kids are watching. How many of y'all know kids are watching? I was laying on the floor. And uh, if you know me, there's lots of times where I'll just lay before the Lord. I'll just lay in there. So this morning, I was laying before the Lord. And Noble walked in. I was the only one in there. He says, you need a minute? <laughs> I said, yes, thank you. He closed the door and he just backed out. So thank you, Noah. He knows exactly what I'm doing though, right? He knows that's dad building a boat. And one day, I don't know if he'll labor for the Lord, but I believe he will. And he'll labor for his own kids. He said, what's it? What are you doing? Building a boat. This is how I put my attention upon the Lord. Building a vessel that will save our family, right? And I love that Noah, the whole family, he was able to save all of them. Some of you are believing people in your family to get saved. I believe that your faith, that the action of your faith, it becomes a witness to people. And that whenever the flood comes, they'll come knocking on your door. Say, man, let me in your boat. Let me in your boat. Let me in your boat. Next one. After Noah, how many of y'all got Noah? Noah built a boat to save his family. It says, he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, he condemned the rest of the world. How many of y'all know I didn't give you enough blanks? I didn't give you enough blanks. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. There's only so much room. I couldn't give you enough blanks. But I love the fact that God warned somebody that was building for him. I'm warning you. But it says that he condemned the rest of the world. And he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Next one. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called. Just there in your blank, you write, Abraham obeyed the call of God upon his life. Abraham obeyed the call of God. I believe that there'll be teenagers this week that'll go to that camp. And that something supernatural will happen to them. 
And I believe that in this church, there's other, there's other people that are in the ministry, called to the ministry. There will be people that will come here that are called, that the, the call of God is upon them. How many of y'all know it takes faith to do the call of God? It takes faith to step out and follow Jesus. And it says here, it says Abraham didn't know where he was going. It says Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home, go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, baby, that's faith. That's faith. That's faith in action is going. He says he went, he went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land, the promised land, he lived there by what? By faith. Even whenever he arrived, God still required him to live by faith. It says, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac, his son. There's the family element again. And Jacob, who inherited the same promise. I submit to you that whenever Abraham stepped out in faith and acted, not knowing how it was going to work, there was an, a spiritual inheritance there that, was, that went to his kids and his grandkids. And they received the promise they walked in a level of blessing. The Bible says that we'll, we'll come upon vineyards that we did not plant, houses that we did not build, that there's other people that have gone before us. I mean, I know just this nation, just the way that it was built, just the freedoms that we have, they came by way of other people, other people. So Abraham, he left here something, something spiritual to his kids. It says... Uh, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed God would keep his promise. Sarah believed God's promise. How I many of you know that we're reading out of a book that's full of God's promises how many of y'all know that they're just words on a page if you don't take them stand on them act on them declare them receive them right they're just promises but she took that word that God gave her and for 25 years she held on to that promise concerning her children some of you you maybe been believing God for your teenager or for your your son that's an atheist or your daughter that's this and you've been believing God for them to come to the knowledge of the Lord maybe believing for an aunt or an uncle for 10 years you've been believing for them how many of y'all know you're in good company Come on, you're in good company. You're in good company. Come on, don't waver. The Bible says that you'll receive if you faint not. Come on, you're tempted to faint. I'm sure after 25, how many of y'all can imagine Sarah? She's 75 years old. She had, uh, menopause was in her rear, 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 rear view mirror, right? There ain't no eggs, baby. There hasn't been any eggs in the hatchery for quite some time. And yet God told her, he said, you're going to birth a nation. Really? 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 Is that what we're going to do, God? Me and you? Really? That's what we're going to do? In fact, she named Isaac, Isaac, which means laughter. Why? Because that's thinking hilarious, right? Isn't that hilarious? I mean, come here, hilarious. Because that's hilarious. I mean, she named her son hilarious, 
Because for 25 years, all she had to look at was her body, but not just her body, because God coached her and said, look up, look up, look up, look at the stars, look at the stars. That's how your seed are going to be on the earth. And she held on to that promise for 25 years. She held on to it. And then out of her came Isaac. And we'll see about Isaac here in just a second. So, so Sarah, she believed that God would keep his promise. Come on, I, my, my admonition to you is just hold on. Some of you are believing God to do something. Just keep that promise. I'm believing with you. I'll just tell you I am. It says, uh, and so a whole nation came from this one man and woman who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. All of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. In other words, Sarah never got to see Isaac become a nation of millions of people, but she got to see Isaac. She did get to see the beginning of the promise. How many of y'all know you should be believing so big that it outlives you? Come on, you need to be believing so big that it's something that your grandkids will see, not necessarily something that you see. You may be the only person that's gone to high school in, or, or gone to college, you know. But how many of y'all know you can believe way out in front of you? Say, I may be the first, but I won't be the last. Come on, God's starting a new legacy with me. So he says, even though that they couldn't see it, it was out in front of them. They welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he prepared a city for them. Next one. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God tested him. Abraham, he passed the test. Abraham, who received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him. Isaac is this the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that when he was old and dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons. It was by faith, I'm sorry, that Jacob, when he was old and dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. The next one beside Jacob, just right, he bowed in worship. How many of you know it takes faith sometimes to worship? Come on, let me, let me say it like this. It's easy to worship God when things are going good. But it takes faith to worship God when you bury a child. Or you bury a spouse. Or tragedy hits. Come on, anybody worship God when things are going good, right? Hey, got the promotion. When you get laid off, boy, it's a lot tougher to worship God. Then you start question, questioning God. So it takes faith, though. Faith is an act. Come on, everybody say faith, faith. is a verb. So to bow and worship is not just saying, I have faith, I'm believing. No, it's saying, God, I worship you. I understand that you're still on the throne. If you spoke it, will you not make it good? 
All the promises of God are yes and amen. God, I believe you. I believe you in the midst of the storm. I believe you. I worship you. Boy, I thank God for Jacob. He bowed in worship when he leaned on his staff. Next one. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, he said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. I want you to write, uh, Joseph had vision. Joseph had a dream. I love this. This is funny because Joseph said, I know that we're going to make it out of this. I know we're going to make it out of this. Some way we're going to make it out of this. But if I die, before we make it out of Egypt, y'all got to make a promise to me that y'all are going to take my bones with you out of Egypt. So he had vision that, again, it was bigger than him. And he's, he said, I may not see it, but I know in my guts it's going to happen. There's some things that you guys are carrying that you have that you just know on the inside. You say, I don't know how, and I don't know if I'll get to see all of it. I just know in my heart, like I have dreams in my heart, that I know that there's things that, and here he says, he says, I may not see it all, but at least take my bones for me. All right, next one. It says, even, it says Moses' uh, parents uh, speaking of Moses, it says it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. And they saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the kid's hands, the, the, the king's commands. I want you to imagine this. Moses' parents took, took a three-month-old baby and we've seen this in Sunday school. How many of y'all seen this on the flannel board in Sunday school? How many of y'all seen the cartoon of this? How many of you ever really thought about what it meant though? You take your three-month baby, put it in a basket, and push it down the Calcasieu River. Does that help you? How crazy is that? Nuts, right? But they put their three-month baby in a basket and shoved him down a river because the king had commanded for all of the young ones to get killed now I submit to you it takes faith sometimes though to release our kids and I'm not saying you need to release your three month down the Calcasieu River but I am saying that there does come a point in life where you have to release your kids to their destiny you got to cut the cord can I get an amen, amen. kick that 35 year old out the house <laughs> it's time y'all it's time it's time. He's 35. If you're 35 living at mama's house, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying though. But I can tell you as a parent, sometimes it takes faith to release your kids and put them in God's hands and just say, God, they're out of my hands. I'm releasing them into what you have for them. And sometimes I know from my wife, you know, uh, my in-laws, they love us now, but my, uh, my, my in-laws were uh, thinking that my wife was going to go some other directions in life. I'll be totally honest with you. But then she had to have the talk with them. And the talk was, I met a guy. He's a waiter <laughs> in Bible college. And we're going to get married. That was the talk, right? So for them, it was like, that's not exactly what we thought your future was going to look like. So then me and Mr. Jim had to have the talk, which is, how are you going to take care of my daughter? 
<laughs> and I told him, bye. Hey. There you go, my faith. I mean, I know he didn't like that answer. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> you can't eat faith. He's <laughs> like, well, actually, Jesus multiplied. Shut up. <laughs> he didn't like my faith answer. He's like, I don't like that answer. But now, 17 years later, right, things worked out all right, right? So, but there's a trusting. You're just saying, God, I just released them into what you have for them. Let's see what became of their decision. And I, and I, and I, and I, I got to pick it up. But we could stay here for a while. It says it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called one of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for Christ's sake than, than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to his great reward. I mean, I think Moses turned out all right. I think he turned out all right. If you ever want you to write your, in the blank, it just says, Moses, uh, no, Moses' parents was that they trusted God and released him into his destiny. So I'm sorry, Moses' parents trusted and released him to his parents. Oh, I didn't put Moses on there. Well, y'all write Moses at the top because he's pretty important. Moses forsook Egypt, or I just like to say it says that he forsook the fleeting pleasures of sin. How many of y'all know it takes faith sometimes to not hang out with the people you used to hang out with, not go the places that you used to go, not do the things that you used to do? Moses forsook that. He said, I would rather, I would rather follow Jesus. And then the next one, people, is, is the people. It says... Uh, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses has commanded the people of God to keep the Passover, to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost, and the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crumbling down. The next one is, is the people followed their leader. How many of y'all know it takes faith to follow your leaders? It takes faith. It takes faith to follow the God in them. How many of y'all know everybody likes daddy's credit card, just don't like, don't everybody like to follow daddy's advice? Everybody likes mama's cooking, mama scratch my back. But we don't always want to listen to mama but I submit to you that it takes faith to follow your leaders let me say that let's say it like this Moses was not a counselor he was a leader in other words sometimes we want the counseling we just don't want the counsel I mean I know it takes faith to follow your pastor it does it takes faith to follow his counsel and not just his counseling I mean, y'all know that noble, I mean, Moses here, Moses, Moses was not a counselor. He was their leader. And he said, march. Where are we going? March. How long? When do we get there? Just keep marching. How much longer? Just keep marching. I don't understand why we're going this direction. March. March. One foot in front of the other. March. How I many y'all know what it takes faith to do that? 
It takes faith to follow and trust your leadership. How many of y'all know it worked out okay for them? It says here that they walked across the Jordan into the promised land. Out of the bondage of the Egyptians. And they crossed over on dry ground. The first city that they came to was in formidable Jericho. Right? You just, you, you couldn't conquer it. But the walls came down. Why? Because of the faith of the people. To do what? Just to follow. Follow those that God had put over them. Last one. Best one. It says... It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Rahab, she accepted her redeemer. If you don't know the story of of Rahab, is is the whole city was going to be destroyed. Jericho was going to be destroyed. But Rahab, even though she was a prostitute, I mean, I know you don't have to be perfect. To live by faith. She, she was a prostitute, but she didn't stay a prostitute, right? She received her, her redeemer. She received salvation. She received a savior. And by faith, she says, I'm coming out of this. I used to do this. I used to be this way, but I'm coming out of it. I mean, I know it takes faith sometimes to forget those things which are behind and reach or press forth to those things that lie ahead. It takes faith to do that. Rahab, the prostitute, she accepted her redeemer. Now, I gotta, I'm going to read the rest of this just because it's so good. I can't not read it. It says, and, and what could be said, uh, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith I put in action. Of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith. These people, watch these action words here. They overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women, if you're a woman, say amen. Come on, listen. The women said women's they received their loved ones back again from death others were tortured refusing to turn from God in order to be set free they placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection some were jeered at their backs were cut open with whips others were chained in prisons some died by stoning some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. Wandering over the deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. But all these people earned what? Everybody say a good reputation. Is it up there? Second time, he says they earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised them. Why didn't they receive all that God had promised for them? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. 
Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah. Glory down all generations. Glory throughout all millennia. Oh, yes. I want to read it to you. One more translation, then I'll let you go. Ephesians chapter 3.20 in the Amplified, it says, Now to him who is able. Everybody say, God is able. To do what it says here? It says to carry out his purpose. And to super abundantly more all that we could dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, our greatest hopes, or our greatest dreams. According to his power that is at work within us. God wants to work in you to do what? Super abundantly above anything you could ever hope, think, dream or imagine but it's work everybody say work faith is an act it says glory to God in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations throughout all through, uh, forever and ever amen now I gave you four blanks write this down real quick up under Rahab I put by faith I and that's what you fill in I can't, I can't write that for you if, you were, if we were going to add your name, if I was going to add Miss Marge's name to Hebrews chapter 11, it was by faith that Marge, what? What would you write? What would the Lord have you to write? What do you think it's possible for you to write? What are you working on? Come on, it takes faith to be a good dad, be a good, to, to, to build something for your family. It takes faith to worship. It takes faith to give, to be generous. It takes faith to do all these things. So that blank there is for you. By faith, you what? What are you pushing for? What are you working for? And I, I want to give you this. Uh, uh, to use your faith, number one is be bold or dream big. God can handle your big requests. But the second one is, is be realistic. In other words, the Bible says we walk by faith. In other words, it's one step at a time. You're taking one step. In other words, you don't, you know, don't step out there and say, I'm going to do this. Well, have you, have you done this? You know, let's start here. Be faithful here and then step out, right? Then you can go forward. The next one is be, be, be diligent. Be consistent. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who, what? Diligent or sincerely seek him. In other words, be persistent at it. Stick with it. Don't give up. Just stick with it. Keep working your faith. Keep believing. Keep speaking. Keep commanding. Keep giving. Keep, keep it up. And then the last one is, is be patient. That's a tough one. I mean, you know, patience is a tough one. I remember when we were first starting the church, you know, we'd been going maybe a year or whatever. And uh, we, maybe there was 30 people or something, you know, or maybe less than that. I don't know. I don't know. But I remember, I remember calling my pastor and I wanted counseling. I didn't really want counsel. Yeah, I have a pastor too, right? And I just want him to like, make me feel better. He rarely does. He rarely does. He's a real Moses. He's like, listen, there is a God and I'm not him and you better meet him. <laughs> That's usually his counsel. There is a God and I'm not him. You better meet him. Walk on water, baby. Just walk on water. That's not helping. <laughs> 
But, you know, I remember I, 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 was, I was going to him. I was really wanting some counsel. And he gave me this verse, last verse I'll give you. He says, through faith and patience, we obtain the promises. So apparently, it's not just faith. How I many of y'all think God's slow? Don't lie. You know you do. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I've got a couple honest people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We always think, we usually think God's slow, right? But, but what's on the bumper sticker is God's always right on time, right? That's what's on the bumper sticker. But what's in our mind is, I wish you'd hurry up. <laughs> I wish we could move this thing down the road. I'm, I'm tired of looking at the same four people, right? Or I'm tired of this. I'm tired of making the same dollar amount that I made. Uh, whatever. But through faith, last verse I'll give you, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says, we do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those. Who are the those? All these people we just read about. Imitate Noah, how it took 100 years, but he saved his whole family. Imitate Sarah, how it took 25 years, but she birthed a nation. Imitate Abraham. How he stepped out into the unknown, didn't know where he was going, but out of him came a covenant with God. Imitate Rahab, who came out of a life of prostitution and, and saved uh, herself, her whole lineage, her family. Imitate those. It says, through faith and what? Patience. Patience. They inherited what God had promised them. Mm -hmm.